The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It's 307, a gorgeous Wednesday afternoon, and thrilled to have one of our favorite guests back on the show, the one, the only, Kelly Keene, personal finance expert, best selling author. Aww. You name her, you can find her everywhere. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Jalen. So great to see you. Great to see you as well. Yeah. I was thinking that it's kind of perfect timing to get you back in because we're over halfway through the year. Yeah. Summertime can be expensive Mm -hmm. if you're doing holidays, anything like that. (laughs) Anything really. Yeah, anything really. And now with kids getting back to school, you know, you're planning on that and that's uh, that's always uh, crazy expensive. But I had also found... This article made me think of you, and it was yeah. called The 50 Personal Finance Tips That Will Change the Way You Think About Money. And and I think for a lot of us, changing the way we think about mm-hmm. money is probably a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I love this article. And it is a good thing because, now, let's make this distinction <laughs> that it's not just changing the way we think about money. It's changing the way we think about math, mm-hmm. about numbers, about debt. Because if we were just talking about money, you and I would be having a very different conversation. Mm -hmm. We'd be having a conversation about tax shelters Mm -hmm. and how to grow that money. For most Edmontonians, it's a lack of money. Mm -hmm. And um, I was at a conference for the Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada. I was on a panel and Gary Marr from the Financial Post got up and he said, you know, if, if you today said that you were illiterate, there would be such a stigma to that. Mm -hmm. We would, we would never do that. Right. Mm -hmm. We fight so hard for literacy, yet people stand up all the time and say, I'm horrible with numbers. I don't know anything about finance. It's almost like a badge that mm-hmm. people wear. So not a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. But yeah. So it's the but, interest. But, it's but, the intent. But why do we not want to learn? So we think it's going to be difficult. It's like, yeah. I don't understand it. Uh, math's right. hard, right? <laughs> yeah. And I can I can uh, assure you that you don't need any math skills. <laughs> I've lost all of my innate math skills because it's all online calculators. Yeah. It's okay. everything. Like I mean, I'm not even adding anything in my head. I'm pulling out an app, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think the reason is, um, actually, I know, in fact, because I've spent a lot of time talking to you about it, uh, writing about it, that it's the last shame. It's Mm. the last taboo. The Financial Planning Standards Council came out with a survey recently citing, no doubt, that money stress was the number one stress for all Canadians, but more so for women than for men. And it's also the last thing that we're reaching out for help with. Right? So um, if we think, do you remember Participation, Hal and Joanne? They're starting to rerun the Mm Participation commercials. And there was a time when we used to whisper the word cancer, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. was very shameful. Today, we run for the cure. So uh, it would be great if we were at that place financially, but we're not. We're just not there. So uh, we we let it go. We let it go probably until it's it's getting pretty tough yeah. because we don't want to talk about it or we feel shame about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but by leaving it go that long, you're digging out yeah. um, from a hole much deeper than if you... 
if you step up before that and say, uh, I need help, whether yeah. it's going to the bank, whether it's finding a, you know, a, a financial expert to talk to, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. And anyone, you know, we're, I'm sure going to take calls and texts mm-hmm. and all that. Anyone right now that's listening that has like that tummy feel or that, I don't know if I'm going to lose my job or maybe I did or I don't know what my credit score is mm-hmm. or I don't know, that is a red flag that you need some help from someone like a nonprofit credit counselor, yeah. a certified financial planner. I go across the country talking about this and I can't tell you how many callers will say, but I need a plan before I get into the bank to negotiate that down or I need a plan mm-hmm. before I go see the counselor. Why would yeah. you think that you need a plan? Again, backing up to the 1960s, we used to go to our doctor and whatever they prescribed on a pad, we took it. Now today, I know with my mom and and whenever there's a family uh, issue health-wise, it's a family event, right? Mm -hmm. We're researching it, we're we're, um, getting involved. Now, make no mistake about it, I don't think I have any ability to diagnose myself, but I participate. So I think the takeaway is that I don't expect your listeners to become, (laughs) you know, math whiz or whatever but it's it's the let's shelve the shame the embarrassment let's also shelve the i'm not good with numbers mm-hmm. i don't care my spouse is going to look after whatever we need to step up financially and look after our own lives take a deep breath get a little bit of courage and just have the intent to google some terms to listen to a show like this to ask some questions and and get some help so this article again it was the 50 personal finance yeah. tips that will change the way you think about money and number one on here and i don't know if this was number one because they wanted it to be number one or if it's just the way that the list came together, but it says create a financial calendar. What the hell is a financial calendar? Right. So a financial calendar with this article or for yourself is to sit down and look at key times in your life. So for example, kids going back to school, maybe kids um, getting ready for university in a couple of years, or how about, uh, we didn't have this when I was growing up, but I know my brother and his four kids all went to Europe in the spring. <laughs> These are huge dollars that are coming up in your life. Of course, there's tax time, there's weddings, Mm -hmm. there's things of that sort, and actually putting it in your calendar. So whatever, if you're using an iPhone or if you're like me, you're a little old-fashioned on your PC with your (laughs) Outlook. I mean, if you went to my Outlook, Jalen, everything is in there. Like, there's birthdays and then there's everything. There's all my bills. There's everything in there that isn't automatic. So there's reminders as well. So you set it and forget it. So it's this isn't necessarily like a budget. Right. But this is, okay, you know what? Yeah, the kids are going back to school. Maybe Christmas is coming. It's your whatever birthday and so we want to do something special for that whatever all those RSP little things season open whatever. up the TFSA exactly <laughs> look at you RSP TFSA yeah. I'm like oh presents <laughs> right priorities I gotcha I gotcha girl uh, it says on here that we should be tracking our, our net worth yeah like, how do you do that I, exactly. So, I mean, you can get on a calculator. Again, you could get a pro on your mm-hmm. side. It's really looking at so few people. Um, I, it's funny because I was researching a couple articles and I was I was interviewing a CFP and I said, well, well, it, you know, at least when we um, see January 2nd or 3rd, it's kind of a reckoning with our health, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a time where we go, okay, we've overindulged. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get on the scale. Let's go see the personal trainer. Let's take stock of where we are health-wise. There really isn't anything in the year 
other than maybe tax time, that we kind of just stop in our tracks and go, let's take a look at where we are. Mm -hmm. So looking at your net worth is really, I mean, it's pretty simple. What do you owe? What do you own? But then you can get a little bit more interesting in that conversation when you go, okay, well, what do we owe? That can be a bit tough. Now maybe there's, you know, credit card (laughs) statements you got to open up that you haven't really looked at. What's the interest rate? All of that. But it's not going to get better. It's not. You're not going to get more prosperous by ignoring it. A, a, a great quote that my husband actually gave me recently was, "What you appreciate appreciates." Mm-hmm. As soon as you put your attention on something, all of a sudden you can take charge of it. You can improve it. Uh, but you first have to have that awareness and uh, disclaimer. That awareness often comes with some great discomfort at first. <laughs> I know when I'm getting back into my gym routine, yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. This is so hard, you know, but it does get better. Yeah, it's it's amazing, you know. A coach and I have sat down and we said, "Okay, this is what this is what we owe. This is what this is where we want to be. We're actually starting to do this more and more." Thank you, Kelly Key, uh, and, and being <laughs> aware of it and, and doing all of that, but really making you know some bigger decisions about what we're doing, where we want to go, and how we're going to get there, even at at forty six and, and fifty two, because. Yeah. Um, and I think some people think, oh, if I haven't done this already, I, I don't know how, what you're going to do when you're you know, 65 or 70. But there are still ways that you can uh, make that plan for your future yeah, uh, for retirement or that you can retire. And I talk to all sorts of people all the time, says, oh, I'll never be able to retire. I'll mm. never be able to retire. I'm like, well, have you looked at possibility exactly. of, of getting to that point? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's never too late. It's never too late. There's always something you can do, even if you're in your 60s or your 70s. I mean, now, and one thing that I don't know if we're going to talk about or not, but a growing trend is what's called encore careers. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, either a paradigm shift that you actually want to take your hobby into your retirement, or maybe financially you need that little extra bit that's going to get you there. But again, if you don't have that pro helping you out, you don't have someone kind of seeing what your blind spots Mm -hmm. are, it's tough for you to know. It's You might not have the financial calculators to really analyze the situation. But yeah, never think, especially in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, that there's no hope to retirement. Um, On this list was set a budget, period. Did you really... (sighs) Okay, budgets are hard. (laughs) Budgets are hard. I will admit that I do what's called a 30-day anti-budget. I make myself and my husband do it twice a year. We just track our expenses for 30 days. This is becoming much easier if you bank with the same bank or something of that sort because they'll do a lot of that for you. They'll track all of that. Uh, another pro I was talking with recently said, look, here's something she asked her clients to do. She said, even before I asked them to budget, she said, I just asked them to do things like, she said, uh, kids, food, and activities are usually uh-huh. the most of family spending. So she said, just cook at home. Just cook at home. Just vow that you're going to do more of that. Really look at the kind of groceries you're buying. Buy less of the junk that's usually more mm-hmm. expensive. And she said that right there, not even setting a budget, can be enough to get you that vacation a year or whatever. I think it goes along with this one. Take a daily money a minute is going back at the end of the day, taking a look at maybe what you've spent, what's you know you've put on the credit card, yes. what you've uh, withdrawn in 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 cash. And it's easier. We've gone from actually, and it says on here we should do it all cash, but we've gone to pretty much all credit. Okay. 
everything on the credit card where we can track everything and then just paying it off as, yeah. as it comes through. And it's working really well for us. I know a lot of people do that too because you want the points or whatever yeah. it is. But it has given us a really, really great idea of exactly where all the money is going. That's and it's so amazing. You're thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to go stop and for another bottle of wine. There's another 20 bucks. You're stopping at this. Mm-hmm. You're doing all- it adds up so quick. It really does. And I mean, there's two schools of thought for the cash. Now, when you use cash, a part of your brain actually lights up feeling <laughs> loss. It's called loss aversion. Yeah. And we don't like it when we're pulling it out of our wallet or our purse. So it is good once in a while, let's say one week, a quarter. Use cash. Talk to your kids. Say, look, mom and dad actually had to do this much mm-hmm. effort to buy this. And this is what a $100 bill actually looks like that nobody even knows anymore. But... Uh, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah. And you're right that if you're, you know, if you're, let's say that's your budgeting tool is you're putting everything on a credit card and you're going to pay it off every mm-hmm. month. You're going to look through it again. Mm-hmm. It's that awareness. It doesn't have to be complex. You don't have to have this big budget. Um, budgets usually work for people that stick to budgets, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like people who stick to a diet, like the yeah. diet works for them. The rest of us hate diets mm-hmm. and we buck at it. You need like that lifestyle that's going to work for you. Um, I was just going to say that you have to find what works for you. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, some people say do this, some people say do this, but find out what works works for you. You don't have to do exactly what is in any list anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, I live and breathe this every day as an educator, not someone in the field. I used to be, but uh, I live and breathe this every day. And I know myself, I love spending. Mm -hmm. I love shopping. So why not set the rules up to win? So automatic, um, you know, investments go into the RSP, the TFSA, the emergency account, all of that. So when there's anything in my account, I can spend it. I don't have to feel guilty about it. And then, you know, I have fun accounts where we actually set money aside for travel, for romance, for things of that sort. So (laughs) there isn't this guilt. Come on, the romance is supposed to be impromptu, isn't it? Well, then it never (laughs) happens. (laughs) <laughs> it's 320. <laughs> Kelly Keene joining us in studio this afternoon. We're talking about uh, some tips that will change the way you think about money. We'll continue the conversation after this. We have a couple of minutes here before we have to break for the 3.30 news, but Kelly's going to stick around uh, till 4 o'clock. So if you want to text in your question to Kelly, come on, bring them on, 6.30, 6.30. We'll get to a few of them. Um, we're talking about these finance tips that will change the way you think about money. And I loved this when I saw it. And I sent it to Kelly and said, what do you think about this? And there was a few ones there in there that jumped out, um, one of them being this make bite-sized money goals. I mean, do we... Oh, here, I better turn your mic back on. Um, You know, I think uh, all of us think at times that we need to pay off everything all at once or make all of our money all at once, and that's not the case. No, not at all. And in fact, uh, the growing field of positive psychology is finding that if you're happy first, you're going to make the money. The success is going to come. If you think that you're only going to be happy when you're successful, that's that's the wrong idea. Mm -hmm. And it's it's proven the studies, I don't have them in front of me, but the bite-sized goals create that happiness every single day. If it's paying off a really small bill, if Mm -hmm. it's seeing $100 in this account, if it's getting a piggy bank on your desk, <laughs> and we've done, my husband and I have done that, or on top of your fridge, and filling it up, and as soon as it's $200, you're going to go and get a massage and yeah. a something. Whatever it is for you, it's a, th- this again, just before we were talking about the break, it's the sustainability. It's the regular rewards. And we have forgotten there's still that kid inside of us that if we're not going to be rewarded, what's the point, <laughs> right? If it's only going to be about the bill payment and the, you know, putting it 
if for some future time 20 years from now and there isn't that enjoyment along the way, you're not going to try to get the raise. You're not going to look for side hustles. You're not going to want to work into your retirement. We have to make money more fun, more tangible. Um, and yeah, little bite-sized goals. I think a lot of people think that it becomes fun when you have more money. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes fun when you have money. But you know what? I can tell you that there's tons of people out there. And when I was in the industry, had a lot of money and they did not necessarily enjoy it because, and a lot of these people granted grew up in the depression. Mm-hmm. And when they made their money, they never took the time to enjoy it. Like if you're buying the $5 latte, go for it, <laughs> but really enjoy it. Yeah. Take a moment, put your cell phone down, like just sit there for three minutes and, and be with that latte and enjoy it and we don't take that time to 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 really appreciate what our money's buying for us kelly keen joining me in studio this afternoon personal finance expert you can find her and her website at kellykeen.com and it's k-e-l-l-e-y k-e-e-h-n.com you can get links to your books yeah. as well on there how many six seven now uh, yeah i've got i've got eight out eight yeah. eight eight of them out now I, I missed out on one you can follow her at kelly keen uh on twitter as well so we're going to take a break here for the 330 news get that out of the way continue on with this uh these tips to make you think differently about money we want to talk about money buddies girly mm. money buddies and and then some negotiating because negotiating is an interesting one i think for men and women Mm -hmm. especially so that's all coming up stick around personal finance expert joining us in studio on this Wednesday afternoon. We have it for another half an hour. Some of your texts coming in. We will get to some of those questions coming up. I wanted to talk about the way to change your way of thinking when it comes to to money. And this on on this little list was get a money buddy. Yeah. What is that? And you like this idea. I love this idea. (laughs) I mean, I've talked for years about having a money group like you would a book club or anything else just to have these conversations like, hey, what are you going through in your life? What are you struggling with? Just having the ability to have a conversation with someone dispels. But that's pretty confidential, isn't it? Well, you don't have to share. You don't have to share. Like, I mean, even us having these yes. conversations on air, off air, right? You don't have to get to the specifics mm-hmm. of this is what I paid for my home. This is what yeah. my income is. But just like, what are your goals? What are again? What is that awareness? Uh, at my gym, they're constantly trying to push a workout buddy on yeah. us, right? Or get a personal trainer because the stats show you're going to show up. You're going to be held accountable. You're going to do what you said that you were going to do. And it could be things like reading articles together, getting okay. a, a subscription to a money magazine together. It could be, um, let's have some fun games yeah. and see what, what are the best rates we can get around town for. For instance, we get 5% off of our wine and our yeah. liquor at that yeah. one store because we asked for it because <laughs> my whole family shops there and, and we like wine. <laughs> you know, so we, the buddy is just to like, you know, share the resources, okay. the knowledge, the everything yeah. else and have someone hold you accountable. You know, sharing information, like finding a story online and sending a yeah. link to someone saying, you might be interested in that or hey isn't this cool again you know like just exactly what we did here with 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 this one hey check this out um you had negotiating is a big thing on your on your mind lately when it comes to and i think negotiating comes to with you know better deals at the bank better deal with the telephone company and right down to better deal at work yeah yeah but it's hard to do that it's really hard so a book that i love now let's just talk about gender differences
audiences for mm-hmm. a second. A book that I love is called Women Don't Ask. And the authors estimate that um, because a woman does generally, men are eight times more likely to negotiate their starting salary than women. Hmm. Now, just because they're eight times more likely, they're not all doing it either. There's only like a little over half. Uh, but by her not doing that, she's leaving over a million dollars on the table during her working lifetime. Wow. Huge, huge numbers, right? So um, now some, uh, you know, some people opposed to that thought might say, well, you're better to get in with a company and really do a great job before you start negotiating Mm -hmm. and all of that can get on that conversation. But yeah, there's big dollars that we're leaving on the table. It's not even just negotiating money. It's how about a better title, more vacation time. Maybe you want to upgrade your education, getting your employer to pay for that. We often forget and think that there's, you know, there's more, but... We don't even ask for it. But do you do it? Yeah. When, when, when do you do it? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> when do you do it? How do you do it? Do you, and how do you do it? I guess yeah. you just have to be really well prepared and have the confidence to do it. Right. How do you find that confidence? Well, it's practice. Yeah. Getting that money buddy, maybe. Uh-huh. Getting someone to practice with speaking the words out loud. Not thinking that you have to, you know, confidence doesn't come uh, just just out of thin air, right? Yeah. Uh, and and no one wants to be like, you know, the American counterpart sometimes. We see a little bit more rudeness yeah, or yeah. what have you. Canadians are much more polite. But I was just looking at my cell phone plans, literally putting my mom and my husband on the same plan, talking to them, finding out what the best that I could do. Here's a little tip. Usually when you're calling up, um, you know, a national company, do it Monday to Friday, Eastern Standard Time, 9 to 5. You're often going to get the best people working okay. those hours. If you're calling at nine o'clock at night on a Saturday night, you'll probably get someone from a call center that doesn't have the authority to authorize what you're mm-hmm. asking. And it's just simple things like, what more can you do for me? Uh, don't lie. Don't say, I talked to the competitor. And they <laughs> said, you know, don't make stuff up because they probably know. But even when I'm traveling for business, I'm constantly asking, is there an upgrade? Is there something more that you can do for me? If there's something I really want, um, then sometimes if so- someone says no, and yes, you have to be prepared for a know. Sometimes if you call again or you ask someone again, you can get these things included or taken (laughs) off. Now, the caveat to that is know what your time is worth, Mm -hmm. okay? Do not get into this trap of, okay, I'm going to clip coupons and I'm going to look for every deal and I'm going to drive around for cheap gas. That is not what I'm saying. You only have so much time in life. Mm -hmm. You can always make more money. You cannot get more time. (laughs) So it has to be a balance of I'm negotiating, I'm aware of my money, you're aware of where things are going, asking for a better deal, but not being disrespectful like it's a family dinner and now you're negotiating something off. Or, uh, but... Um, you know, not asking for a better rate on your mortgage or something of that sort. That could save you tens of thousands of dollars during the life of your mortgage. So having a little practice session with your money buddy, finding out what the best rate is and asking for a better deal, that's worth it. Can't hurt to try. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? If they say no, they say no. But yeah. you never know what they're going to say yeah, otherwise. Exactly. Maybe you've been a good client for a long time. Right. Maybe depending on how much money you have in your bank or you don't have. Yeah. I go back to the whole work negotiating, though. The whole salary. Yeah. I, 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 I 
f- I would feel more comfortable negotiating with my bank about a better interest rate or something like that or with TELUS about a better plan for my phone yeah. than I would when I'm going into uh, a new job situation and yes. saying, no, this is this is what I want. And I guess you can use that same line. What else can you do for me? What else can you add to that? Yeah, this is a really challenging one for a lot of people because exactly like you want that goodwill. You don't want to come mm-hmm. in seeming greedy. So the best thing to do is ask, when is there a performance review? Do you do performance reviews? If if the company doesn't, say, look, um, could we slate one in for maybe six months from now or a year from now? I really want to excel at this position, and I'm thrilled at, at the salary that I have and what I have now. However, I would like to find ways to increase that and increase your bottom line. Yeah. So could we set that up now? Remember we were talking at the beginning of the show the about... financial calendar. Exactly. So you set it up with your employer and say, look, can we do a review? Now, obviously, this requires a motivated person that yeah. wants to show yeah. what they've done. Um, but that's a great way to set it up instead of going, can we talk this week about a raise? And, you're, and, and the person's mad already and they're feeling resentful and I've been here for three years and I've never gotten anything. So um, if you don't have performance reviews or things of that sort, just throw it on the table and say, hey, this is something uh, that my friend has at her employer or he's got over with uh, the people that yeah. he works with. Could we maybe try something yeah. like that? Or yeah. make sure you know before you're signing off on mm. anything about if there is, you know, raises yeah. scheduled in, what what else, bonuses, anything like that. Right. Yeah. Um, some more of your, t- I'm going to get to a couple of uh, texts uh, questions for you um number one how do you find the right advisor and uh don't they need to be accredited yeah uh right now now a financial advisor uh needs to be licensed so it depends what they're selling if it's mutual funds if it's stocks if it's bonds if it's a financial planner unfortunately anyone in canada right now can call themselves a financial planner Mm. which i think is wrong outside of the province of quebec um so you want to make sure that you're looking for what is the gold standard is a certified financial planner. I'm not saying it because I'm one. I am not in the Mm -hmm. industry. I'm an educator. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how I think the best way to find one is to go to, uh, I mentioned also uh, a little bit ago, a study by the Financial Planning Standards Council. Mm -hmm. I've done a bunch of videos for them on how to search for a financial planner, what questions to ask. So they have a great consumer website. They're a nonprofit. They're not selling anything. Uh, They have a great website, financialplanningforcanadians.ca. And then if you want to find a CFP, that certified financial planner, uh, you can go to findyourplanner.ca and you can search for one anywhere in Canada. Do you need to have a lot of money to go to one of these? Okay, great question. Great question. Now, if it's a financial advisor that is advising or an investment advisor, you need some money, okay. right? Because you need some investments. They're going to have some type of a minimum. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a financial planner that's accredited, they uh, can charge a couple of different ways. They can be fee only, or they can charge on what you're bringing over for investment. So you want to ask, how are you paid? What's your minimum threshold? Um, a fee only planner could charge by the hour. Okay. So let's say you don't have any money, but you're you're making a lot. You know, you're making a lot of mm-hmm. money, and you're like, look, uh, sh- you know, should you put it into the TFSA or pay down on the mortgage or the RSP or when should you be doing these things? They can build you a roadmap, a financial plan and charge you for it even though you don't have the investments okay. yet. Or if you find a great investment advisor or or, or planner um, and you do have the assets, they're going to charge you a percentage and they'll okay. maybe throw in the planning too. Okay, so so that's how make that sure you shop around, ask questions. It's your money. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jaylin, can you ask Kelly this question? My wife and I 
have no debt other than a mortgage. We need to get a new vehicle. Typically, we buy used. Is it bad debt if we buy a new vehicle at a low or 0% financing? We'd rather keep that money invested and saved. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good question. Get this all the time. So uh, this person needs to do a little bit of research because oftentimes there will be advertised at the car dealership that it's zero or yes. no interest yep. when that's not entirely true. It could be um, that you could get a better deal if yep. you came in with your own financing. So you really have to look at the fine print. And when you're going shopping for a vehicle, make sure you do the shopping and the finances on two different days. Because oh. uh-huh, what happens is you get to the car dealership and this is what they often say is, Jalen, how much do you have for a car? Uh-huh. Or what? And you're like, I don't know. I just want to see. And they're like, well, what's the monthly amount that mm-hmm. you can afford? And they're going to help you uh, get into a vehicle based on what you've said. So you're better to separate the two out and and also studies show that our willpower is depletable. It gets exhausted very quickly. So if you're making a <laughs> bunch of decisions on this model, that color, mm-hmm. this engine, that engine, by the time you get to the finance department, yeah. you're just like, oh, whatever. Just like do whatever you got to do. Sure. Throw that. And you're not looking at, you know, you're probably starving. Your blood sugar's crashing. Maybe you're <laughs> fighting with your spouse. Separate them out. Okay. Call your banker up. You know, really look at the fine print. Say, if I bring cash, if I do this, if I use your financing, I want to know all the fine print and be firm about yeah. seeing the paperwork before you do it. Don't let them get you with the, oh, well, it's, you know, what can you afford? And sometimes we feel like if we really need something, maybe not this couple, yeah. but some people really need a vehicle or something, they're just so happy to get approved. Yeah. Remember, everyone is in business, the bank, the, the dealership, everything, they're in business to get your business. Mm-hmm. So walk a little taller, breathe a little deeper that, hey, people want my business. You're not begging for anything. So make sure you shop around. Okay. But not bad debt for them, you don't? Uh, uh, j- just as long as they work it out with their they budget. I mean, yeah. So b- I think their question basically is we don't want to take cash, yeah. right? Th- that they're earning nothing on mm-hmm. probably. Um, but they want to look at a couple other options. Yeah. Like maybe they should be investing in RSP and using the tax deduction to go to a vehicle purchase. Or maybe this is where they kind of need a planner to crunch a couple numbers for them and just or a banker yeah. uh, or someone and just see if they've had any. Good yeah. job. But only having your mortgage to pay off. Yeah, well, well done, well done, Mike. Uh, it's 3.46, Kelly Keene. We'll, uh, we'll take her up to 4 o'clock here. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. We'll get to a few more of these tips as well that will change the way you think about money right after this. Hey, Kelly Clean, Kelly Clean, Kelly Clean, Kelly Keen is in studio with us this afternoon. You can find her at kellykeen.com or you can follow her on Twitter. Always lots of great information there. She has eight books out from uh, all sorts of uh, different topics that you can uh, you can check out. And I have a few of them on on my desk. Um, on this list, as far as uh, the way you're thinking about money, um, one of the subtitles was how to save right for retirement. Mm-hmm. And while we did talk about, you know, it's never too late. You know, they said they do say start saving as soon as you can. Yeah, of course. I know. It's so tough. Uh, Albert Einstein said that uh, a compound interest was one of the great wonders of the world because those that get it have it, those that don't pay it. Mm-hmm. It, it. If you crunch those numbers, it's amazing. It's just like your mortgage in reverse, right? When you're first paying it down, nothing is going to the principal, right? It's all interest. But then as soon as you start paying it down, it's really quite magical. Um, but it's difficult to do. 
It's really, really difficult to do. And then the complexity of what do I put it in? Yeah. Do I leave it in account? Does it go TFSA? Does it go RSP? As soon as there's too many decisions, we kind of just like... We just stop and <laughs> we don't do anything. So the takeaway there is, even if it's $25 a month, even if it's like $25 a week, if it's $50 more a week putting down mm-hmm. on the mortgage of your principal, the thing is, is doing something consistently builds that financial self-confidence. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you want to start paying attention to it. And then, oh, before you blink, there's a pot of money yeah. that you yeah, now yeah. need to do something with. It's pretty cool. I thought this one was interesting as well. It says, when you get a raise, raise your retirement savings too. Yes. I think we just constantly, you know, throw whatever we're putting in there and and just hope for the best, <laughs> hope for the best at the end. Yeah. But if your financial situation, I guess, is changing, increasing, whatever it is, but yeah. we should be keeping an, an eye on that and maybe you know, topping Mm -hmm. that up a little bit more too. That's such a great tip because unfortunately the more we earn often just the more we spend. And actually it's also our brain's fault because if we think of ourselves, our brain lights up and really knows Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when we think of ourselves in 10 or 20 years, it lights up akin to a stranger. We just don't know that person. So why should I forego my wine tonight, my latte and everything else for some person I don't even connect with? So it's connecting with that future you. It's really getting like, what's Jalen doing in 10 or 20 years? What's your actual age? What are you doing? What what kind of dollar amounts do you Frankly, want? Frankly, that's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm asking in broad generalities. <laughs> and really getting in touch with that person yeah. and saying, okay, and then there's a lot of studies on this program in the U.S. called Save More Tomorrow. And people were asked, if you get a raise next year, would you save more of that? And they said, sure, because it's tomorrow. We're always going to be better people tomorrow. We're going to be more motivated. We're going to resist temptation. We're going to do all these things tomorrow. But for today, we don't want to do it. So you could ask yourself, the question, if you get a tax refund, uh, would you do something with that come April or May 2018? Uh-huh. You might go, yeah, today, sure, and make a declaration and put it in your financial calendar and have it pop up. And then you're like, oh, okay, I committed to it. And actually, a lot of people will stick to that hmm. if they actually make a decision for some future time, but make it difficult to go back on, right? Like you actually open yeah. up the account and you tell your financial person or the bank, make sure you suck that money out of the account. I can remember uh, one time. And I think probably uh, I'm not alone in in this case, had made plans to do something based on what I thought was going to be coming my way. And then that money did not come uh, my way. And and it was um, a bonus structure somewhere. Something had happened. Uh, But we had had made the plans for the trip. I'm like, oh, no, like this is going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And guess what? Then it wasn't fine. Right. The entire... um, you don't spend the money that you haven't exactly. got. <laughs> and interesting that you were spending money, but on something like for a trip on was, money that yeah. you hadn't had yet. Rarely are we like dog earing money for an RSP. Yes. We don't, you know, yes. as soon as that money comes in, I'm putting it into my <laughs> retirement savings plan. It's usually for something fun. Yeah. So you're right. Save up for the consumer stuff, save up for the fun stuff, and then trick yourself and have defaults to, you know, like just take it out of your awareness yeah. where it's just going automatically out of your account. Someone wanted to know if a certified financial planner has to have their finances in order to advise other people. Unfortunately, they don't. I mean, you don't have to. They don't go no. through budget. Like They don't have to prove it, but you can ask them. You can ask what they're worth. You can ask what they do, how they personally do. I mean, it's the same thing again, like I said earlier, with health. I'm going to I'm going to analyze my personal trainer. I'm going to look at their body mm-hmm. type. I'm going to ask what kind of nutritional habits they have. And if they're not on par with me, then we're going to have a disconnect. Now, that's something, too. If you're just coming into finance, maybe you don't need a really seasoned person. Maybe you can work with someone 
who's new, yeah. who's also kind of like just coming into the industry. Um, they can't go bankrupt, so that's one thing. Um, you know, they have to ha- they go through certain things. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you, you're certainly welcome to ask them and, and shop around. It's like anything. Just Absolutely. because you have you know that first meeting, that first date, doesn't mean yeah. that you're you're stuck with that person or that you have to go with that person. Find the right yeah. the right someone that you connect with and and ask what kind of clients they work with. Yeah. Are they working with new parents? Are they working with seniors? Are they working with people that have a lot of tax issues? Like you want them to not just maybe be close to you in age. Maybe that's not so much the issue. It's more you know what kind of clients do you serve and and do you look like that client? Uh, one of the things in here and you had pointed it out before and when you're talking about spending money on special things and that yeah. sort of stuff was talking about making uh, memories instead yes. of just buying an, an item. Yes. Yeah. Good friend of mine. I think he really wrote about this a long time ago. David Chilton, the wealthy barber, mm-hmm. and in his new book, he is adamant about spend on experience, not on stuff. And and I love stuff. So (laughs) I I took this to heart when he came out with his second book a couple of years ago, because what happens is we get acclimated very, very quickly to our stuff. You know, that new car is so amazing. Uh Here, Albertans, when when May comes and it's plus two degrees, we're all outside in our, you know, and then as soon as it's like, yeah, as soon as it's like August and it's a rainy day, we're all in scarves and everything else. We get acclimated very quickly. So another takeaway too is if you are going to buy stuff, you're going to renovate uh, your kitchen, you're going to remodel, um, you know, redecorate your living room, don't buy it all at one time. Don't buy your kids a ton of stuff. Don't buy your spouse a ton of stuff. Like, trickle it out. Savor it. You know, because you're going to enjoy it so much more than if you buy it all at once and in two weeks it's going to be old news. We have about two minutes left here. I just got the uh, the uh, the countdown from Gina on the other side of the glass there. And and I think this was the, the final on, on this list and it says rebalance your portfolio once a year. I don't even rebalance, but at least take a really darn close look at it and yes. see if it's working for you and doing what you want and yes. if it's still, if you're still investing in, in the places and the companies that you want yeah. to invest in. Yeah, and dig a little deeper too, like what was your return? What's the average return? What were the fees that you mm-hmm. paid to your advisor, your planner, your whomever? Um, there's a lot more transparency being called for and required in the industry, but it still can use a lot more work. So, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, there's also the the defaults, like target specific funds that start to reduce your risk as you get closer to retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're someone that's not going to check, but my goodness, it's your money. Have a look at your finances exactly at least once a year, rebalancing your and, portfolio. And, and I think that that is probably, again, one of my my biggest takeaways from this conversation is, is to pay attention, to pay right. attention, whether it's a daily pay attention, whether it's a monthly pay attention, or certainly a yearly pay attention, <laughs> yes. at least, at, at least. least that. But going back and looking at those statements and finding out those excess fees if you're paying them or where's this coming from and and in question mm. and question it can make or break your retirement just one yeah. percent in fees or return can mean like a retirement of your dreams or one where you're barely scraping by so why would you not want to have a look uh I, I, quickly yep quickly uh yep. seg funds versus mutual funds okay uh, the kind of the same thing pooled investments seg funds are from a life insurance company mutual funds from a mutual fund company seg funds cost more because there's an insurance wrapper you do get some benefits with it but you got to make sure that those are right for you that okay. you're not just paying for bells and whistles that are too expensive and uh, what are your thoughts on etfs etfs uh that's also a great way to go because 
because you don't have the expenses that you have in mutual funds and everything else, but it's knowing what's right for you and making sure that you've got um, that balanced portfolio of risk and return. Kelly Kane, kellykane.com, joining us in studio this afternoon. Again, you can follow her, you can check out lots and lots of stuff to even to download and, yeah. and read uh, from your website Absolutely. as well. The books are there, lots of great advice. You can see where she is, where, what she's up to. You can follow her on Twitter at Kelly Keen, uh, just at Kelly Keen. And we always thank you thank for coming you, in. The Jaylen. time just flies by. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your summer. Yeah, you too. Okay. Thanks. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.